1: Trump uh, had the, it's essentially, I mean, nobody's calling it. Uh, ever. Well, Actually, everyone's calling it the State of the Union, because that's what it was. It's just the State of the Union that happened later than normal, because he just became president. So Yeah, it's pretty dumb that we don't just call it the State yeah, of the Union. Yeah, just call it just the State it of the, the Union. Union. Stop being, oh, it's a s- this joint <coughs> session of Congress speech. It's a speech by the president to the Joint Session of Congress. Yeah, that's called the State of the Union Address. Um, So he declared the U.S. ready to lead, uh, but he he warned about engagement costs last night. Here's a look.
2: We expect our partners, whether in NATO, the Middle East, or in the Pacific, to take a direct and meaningful role Mm -hmm. in both strategic and military operations Mm -hmm. and pay their fair share... Of the cost, have to do that. have to do that. We will respect have to do historic that. institutions, okay. but we will respect but the they've... foreign rights of all nations, and okay. they have to respect our rights as a nation also. I like that. Free nations are the best vehicle for expressing the will of the people, and America respects the right of all nations to chart their own path. My job is not to represent the world. My job is to represent the United States of America. Yes!
1: Yes! I'm sick and tired of having a president who represents the world, who is a citizen of the world, who, who believes that his job is... To go to the rest of the world and apologize for all the wrongs we've committed. I, I don't want that. I, I want what we just heard there. That's That was great. Uh, I mean, that part of the speech was awesome.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think he hit, a, a, you know, again, on a, on a Trump scale. I mean, Trump is never going to be Ronald Reagan as far as no, um, the no. ability to make a speech. To communicate. Um, you know, and look, that's that's not a knock on him. George Bush was terrible. Uh, and, yep. and he did a lot of things that I liked as president. And
1: we were just reminded um, of that this week. So, yeah. So
3: I, I, it's not that's not a knock on him. It's just, you know, some people have that innate ability. Ronald mm-hmm. Reagan did it better than probably any president. Uh, I mean, you know, Bill Clinton had some of that as well at times um, where he
1: was able to communicate. He was better than way. anybody since Millard Fillmore, probably.
3: I mean, Fillmore was pretty amazing. Fillmore was, I don't, was, know. I don't I mean, know why you put it in that category. Right? Uh, that just seems like you derailed the conversation to something ridiculous
1: when you start comparing people with military. Yeah, Fillmore. that was unfair. I, yeah. I apologize okay. for the Fillmore reference.
3: Uh, but uh, so, you know, look, it's, I don't know it's ever going to be Trump's strong suit. So, but if you take out policy, suck all of the policy out, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. His, every president has, in, in their speeches, has a, a, an element of, you know, I don't know feel-good sort of inspirational, hey, guys, we're going to get them uh, stuff in there. And he, Trump, mm-hmm. on that, nailed it. I mean, he, he was great. Yeah, he did. He's not usually good at that. Um, he was very good at it last night. Um, his delivery was good. He, he had the presence there. He, he sort of owned the room, I think, in, in, a, in an appropriate way. The issue uh, for me only would be policy wise out of that. Mm-hmm. I mean that's much better than he's he seemed like the president last night.
1: Well, you know this whole infrastructure thing and, and the money we're going to spend on it is agonizing because uh, and how are Republicans applauding all that? They going- hated the stimulus plan. They fought the stimulus plan and yet we've got a, a stimulus plan much bigger than what what they did with Obama. And now it's a good thing. It's a great thing. It's a standing ovation thing. I I don't understand that. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. I I don't like the... First of all, I don't buy into the crumbling infrastructure. Do we need to fix certain things? Well, of course, every nation does. Every nation does. But our infrastructure is not crumbling. I've seen it. I have looked at it. I've used it. I've driven over it. It's not crumbling. And... And there are exceptions to that rule. Of course. There will be certain roads that are not in good shape. There's going to be some bridges that are in good shape. But the vast majority of th- are fine. They're fine. Our, our airports are fine. They're fine. They're not Taj Mahals. They don't need to be. Actually, some of them are because almost every single airport is under construction right now. Everything is being remodeled right now. From DFW, Salt Lake International, everywhere I go, they're redoing their airport. And it's it's uh it's or they've violent. recently done it or
3: they've recently done it. Yeah. I mean, look, there are airports that suck. I mean, you, you know, people like to talk about LaGuardia being terrible. Joe Biden talked about it, I think, fairly recently, how bad it was in compared was. to China. It is. But, but first of all, it's but it's not that but, first but of that's all, that's not the one to point to anyway. Yeah, it's not a great airport, obviously. Uh, number one. The point of an airport is to get you on and off the ground. Like, mm-hmm. So that's what it does. It's a, it's a functional building. It's not supposed to be an architectural dream. It's never caved in um, on anybody, so right. it's fine. I don't care. Yeah, and like they've been redoing, some of, some of the terminals have been redone, and they're very nice. Mm-hmm. Some of them are pretty bad as far as no, normal airports go. I mean, and we fly a lot. We do a lot of traveling um, for this job and, for, and, and personally. And, you know, you go to most airports, they're, pretty, they're fine. They're pretty good.
1: They are. They're fine. They're fine.
3: They're fine. You know what? You know, China builds giant airports to tell the world that communism is
1: neat. Um, And so when you fly into certain airports in China, they are Taj Mahal's. And because they can, I mean, they can spend 14 billion dollars on the Beijing airport because what are they going to say about it? Hey, you're spending too much money. Yeah, you're dead. We're gonna kill you. Yeah, you're you're now dead. Okay, you now so don't have life to go to the earth. Don't don't um, criticize the government. We'll spend whatever whatever we want.
3: Yep, it, it, that can't happen here. So and the same thing with like you go look at the zombie or ghost cities as they call them or giant yeah. entire cities that were right. supposed to turn into cities are just giant buildings. Li- hey, with why are we building
1: these cities? Shut up. And you're dead. A your dead. head. So
3: so that's what happens. We don't have that policy here, mm-hmm. at least not at the moment. Um, you know, a stimulus plan of him uh, last night. Trump talked about this and we, you know, I don't we focused a lot on the positives of the speech for the last few hours on radio. Um, And so, I mean, the policy stuff is important um, and we want to make sure that we cover that. There are a lot of policies in there, none of which I I noticed that were particularly new outside of comprehensive immigration reform. However, that broke before the speech that he was going to do that. Um, Amazing, though. I mean, this, is, this guy ran on the exact opposite platform, so that's a big one, um, and we did talk about that. Uh, but you talk about the cost of the stimulus plan, $1 trillion. You talk about the cost of the uh, child care, um, maternity care plan, $680 billion. You talk about, God only knows, the in, impossibly, high to, uh, esti- impossibly hard to estimate how high it would be cost of, of what he called, what he called, protection. He didn't say protectionist. He said, "Do you remember the word, Pat, uh, by any chance?" I don't. It was very offhand. close. Uh, it was protect or ct to. Uh, uh, he used a protective policy, not protectionist. Protective. It's the same thing. Mm. Um, he decided to quote Abraham Lincoln. Um, now, <laughs> That one's a story in and of itself. He uses a quote from Abraham Lincoln in the speech saying, oh, Abraham Lincoln liked tariffs. Why don't you guys like it? Abraham Lincoln's awesome. Abraham Lincoln was awesome. He was not awesome because he liked tariffs, however. Uh, he, and this is a quote from before he was even president, um, where he was talking about uh, whether tariffs are good for the country. Um, the big argument he made is t- trade can't work, free trade between nations, because there's no way to get uh, all the stuff over to the other nations before it rots. Well, he didn't have planes, uh, so you know, maybe the, the, the arguments changed a little bit. Um, you know, you're right, mm. the fruit and vegetables, because it was almost solely talking about agriculture. Uh, there was, he has talked about steel a little bit, too, but agriculture largely. Well, yeah, I mean, look, it was a different world back then as far as that goes. To also, in addition to that, when you're looking to fund the country... There was no income tax. There was was no 16th Amendment that uh, that existed at this time. So there was a different thought process. However, economists have gone back and looked at this and seen it as a gigantic failure. The tariffs were overwhelmingly Mm -hmm. disastrous for the economy. They did not help the economy. They held us back throughout even that period when we couldn't get our fruits and vegetables over to Europe before they rotted. So I mean, I have an ain't argument. You bring up Lincoln, you know, like it's like it's like someone saying, you know what, Ronald Reagan was a great president, and he gave amnesty to millions of illegal immigrants. Well, yeah, that was the crappy part of his presidency. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln was great on a lot of things. He was not great on trade.
1: It's like saying, you know, I don't need to use a car now because George Washington didn't use cars. Yeah, it, they didn't have them. Now. They didn't have them. That's why yeah. we use them now. It's a little bit different now. Like the income tax, which brings in. um you know, uh, dozens of trillions of dollars, <laughs> and uh, we—that's why one of the reasons we don't need tariffs anymore. Even if we wanted to have tariffs, we really—we don't need them for the income. We hey. don't—we don't need it. No, we don't. Uh,
3: so, and uh, he's not making a we need to fund the government argument necessarily he's, on that. He's no, making he's not. more of a trade argument, but I mean the trade argument we've covered many times falls apart as well. I mean this is a this is an obvious. this is again was settled science certainly among Republicans, but really among everybody uh, as of a few years ago and now everyone's on the opposite side of it because no one so thought weird. about it at the time. So just weird.
1: weird to see that.
3: That was uh, you know, so you talk about that just those three together plus the military spending, which we wouldn't necessarily quibble with, you're well over $2 trillion in new spending. Easy. Um, Now that, I would say, I could be wrong on this, and correct me if I am, but go back and find a Barack Obama speech in which he pledged $2 trillion of new spending. I mean, you can find... The first one was stimulus and Obamacare, which he would discuss. However, those uh, at the time were proposed to be both under
1: $1 trillion. And show me Um, a $2 trillion proposal. I'll show you Republicans who were opposed to it mm -hmm. until now. Until now. Until now. So, I mean, that is... They don't care now.
3: uh, You know, if you're a big Trump guy (laughs) and you liked the speech last night, I think there was a lot to like. Yeah, there was. The clip
1: we played was a really good
3: clip. There was a lot to like in the speech. But we, if we don't hold his feet to the fire on the spending stuff, right. it's going to get out of control. He's propo- you have Paul freaking Ryan standing behind him applauding a trillion dollar stimulus program. And, and
1: freaking, I believe, is Paul's middle name. It is. I yeah. believe it Paul is. And Fre-
3: that's an amazing moment. Yeah. It it is. Uh, but, and, but go, universell- go back to Paul Ryan's VP speeches running against I know. Barack Obama. You I think know. he didn't
1: you think he liked the stimulus then? No. no. No, he did not. They're just all on the opposite side of this yeah. now because it's their guy. It's incredible. And it's interesting because most people just love the speech. Most and, and, and it was I, good. I, I, I liked think, it too. It, yeah, I do too. But it created a lot of optimism, and 70% of us, seven in 10 people said, Yeah, I'm more optimistic now after seeing that speech. That was really good. And I like And it. I think he did capture
3: I, those themes well. You he know? did.
1: We we'll go back did. to Reagan for a second as a comparison. And again, it's an I think his numbers comparison. are going to go way up after this. I think I'll have I think I'll have a good boost in the polls. Yeah. The
3: question is, will he then start tweeting about Rosie
1: O'Donnell next week? And right. the
3: answer to that is probably yes. He hasn't stopped doing it. The and whole the time. answer
1: to that should be no. Should be no. It, uh, it should be the time but, when now he realizes, okay, I, I get it. Let's let's go down this road now. Yeah, let's go down I, the presidential road. I think it lasts a week or two tops. Yeah. At the, at uh,
3: most. Because that's just not. It's not him. You know, he was able. I, I think there is a time and place for everything. Um, and uh, when it comes to this stuff, an, appro- an approach, um, and you know, he knew he got the time and place right last night, and you know, tweeting about things can be fine. I mean, it's not to say he should, he definitely should not stop tw- using Twitter. He should not, um, but he should use it in a different way. I think. Um, however, you know, he's not going to. I mean, he's got—he's come all, right. all this way doing what he wants to do, so he's going to mm. continue to do it.
0: If he could continue to have uh, Pence and Ryan behind him, wearing the same outfit all the time. Then his ratings would be even better. No, yeah, I didn't notice that. I did, I, I'll say, watching that, I noticed what
3: I noticed was the Barack Obama legacy. Think about this for a second. You have in that, the main shot, which you see at every State of the Union, this guy does eight years in office and says how wonderful he is. He leaves. Look at what happened. You have not only the guy who's president of the United States, who was the main guy calling him uh, ineligible to be president, mm. he's on stage. Behind him, Mike Pence, once seen as one of the more conservative cons- uh, congressmen and Trump's VP. And on the other side, the guy who ran as VP against Barack Obama now sits behind him as well. The top three guys in this picture, uh, in the uh, in the way that you would look at the secession for the presidency, are, all had pretty significant roles in opposing the, Barack Obama. Uh, and now he has control of none of it. He doesn't have the House or the Senate either. We've talked about all the losses at the state legislature level, the governors and everything. I mean, you could say Barack Obama and and they put him 12th all time, the historians. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you how can you be 12th all time if you leave that legacy? It's a legacy of failure. And he's about to lose his uh, hopefully his biggest accomplishment as far as progressives go with Obamacare. He's about to lose that. I mean, the stimulus money's long been spent, um, so he can't lose that one. Uh, but he can lose Obamacare going forward. And, uh, you know, the president said some good things, some questionable things about Obamacare last night. I mean, there was there's a good argument to be made. What the president offered up last night was Obamacare light. Many of the things we talked about as being problems with Obamacare were things that the president promised to keep. you got to keep that in perspective you, could, you know, the, there's a euphoria associated with the speech because it was well-received and it was a good speech. But policy-wise, there's he didn't – that's still the same stuff we've been complaining about since the beginning of mm-hmm. Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you he, he shouldn't be all that surprised. People were like, well, I can't believe this. How could he be for comprehensive immigration reform? Did you listen to him in the campaign or before that? He promised those things over and over and over and over again. People just ignored them. And now he's impre- – as, as president of the United States, he can go back and say – I told you I was going to do this and he will be right because he did. So, you know, I think you still have to do what you can to try to hold his feet to the fire and keep these things as conservative as they can be. But he naturally feels justified doing these things. He was elected by them. And now he's look how well this was received. You know, conservatives are looking at this as a 100 percent approval rating type of speech. And there's a lot in there not to like. -hmm. And I don't know that he's getting any pushback, and that's going to teach Donald Trump a lesson. When he reaches across the aisle, when he says, hey, there's a lot of wonderful things here, he's going to get praised by the media. He's going to get praised uh, by even conservatives. You you know, you got to watch the policies too. They are important. A lot of people liked Reagan because he was inspirational. I liked Reagan because of his policies. You know, and and I'm a little concerned that the lesson taught to Trump last night was hey, if I'm essentially a moderate Democrat uh, on policy, People will
1: really like me. I hope he doesn't learn that lesson. Yeah, definitely. Triple eight seven two seven 727 Uh Nancy Pelosi right now is saying the speech was clearly, I mean, not right now, but she's saying it was a bait-and-switch uh, speech. These Democrats. Uh, and then Schumer was saying he's given a lot of speeches that uh, don't reflect reality. So but that shows you how find went, something bad about it right, It shows you how
3: well the speech was received Yeah, because they can't, they can't even find come up with a reason of why it was to bad.
1: say right. it was a bad speech because it wasn't. No, they're just going to say, well, he doesn't mean what he said. Yeah. But they have all.
3: to have some argument. Right. I mean, but uh, it,
1: I wish we could have had a, an Obama speech where that would be the worst thing we can say. Well, he's never lived up to that stuff in the past. Why would we assume he does? No, he always in the substance of what he said was so objectionable to us every single time. That there was much more to pick apart in Obama's speeches. Obama, as well, would say things like, "We need to reach across the
3: aisle. Yeah, we and, need to but work with Republicans." Not. He wouldn't mean it, wouldn't. but he all that fl- like. There's two parts of that speech. There's fluff and substance. Yeah, the fluff absolutely nailed by Trump, and it's the type of stuff that now today they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, hey, you know, look, uh, I don't know if he means it. We it's the same thing we would say after a Barack Obama. The fluff would be like, "Well, some of that stuff was good, but he doesn't mean it." And then the next day he would come out and show you he didn't mean it. Um, I
1: think you might see the same thing. uh, With Trump, to Democrats, he does mean it. He he will reach up because he's always been that guy. He's always been the guy who is closer to Democrat than a Republican. He's always been closer to a liberal than a conservative. He's not going to have any problem reaching out to Democrats. He is like-minded with Democrats. That's when things are going to get crappy. For us, at least. I... uh, and it's going to be interesting at that point, uh, to see how others react to it. Are they, are they still going to praise those policies? Are they still going to love everything Trump does? Can he still do no wrong? Well, we'll see. I, I, maybe because he's already proposed maybe two trillion in spending, and nobody seems to have a problem with it. So And really, it's hard to keep it under two. I mean,' it's, it's probably
3: well probably in more excess than of up two. Uh, yeah. um, I, I don't know if you can get to three. I mean certainly when you talk
1: economic costs, you can get to three. I think I he could get know. to nine. He can get to why nine stop trillion. Here? Why? You know. Why not? Why not just go for why not go for the biggest spending package ever proposed? But I mean again, where's the pushback on this? Uh, there isn't any. I've heard it from
3: us. I've heard it from a few you yeah. know uh, people on uh, online that are But mostly it's non existent. Mostly it's just hey, this is great. And look, I hope it is. Yeah,
1: me too. <laughs>
0: 653.